You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. We're kicking off our summer series at the movies today, looking at a film that talks about emotions called Inside Out. What do we do with our emotions? Can we trust them? Do we need to put them in their own boxes and keep them hidden away? Through the lens of this movie and the wisdom literature of the Bible, we look at some insights about our emotions, emotional health, and becoming spiritually mature. So in the Bible, there's a section of, of books that are referred to as wisdom literature. So we just read a, a verse from Proverbs, and Proverbs is, is one of those verses, or one of those books, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Job, Song of Solomon, all those books are considered to be part of the wisdom literature. Uh, I would go so far as to say that the wisdom literature of our culture is movies. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always wise advice that they give us, but for the most part, um, there, there are some people who would say that uh, while they look at movies to just be entertained or to escape, there are others who say that there are definitely messages that are being conveyed through the movies. And the big difference between wisdom literature of the Bible and wisdom literature of today, of our culture, is that in the Bible, the wisdom literature is God-centered. And that we're looking at things, looking at life through the lens of, of what, what would God say about it. I, I don't think we can say the same about movies. But, you know, within uh, the heart of, of all of us, because we're created in the image of God, um, I believe that just as the writer of Ecclesiastes said that, that God has set eternity in our hearts and there's always a longing and a desire to connect with the divine. There's always a, a desire to connect with God and you can see that uh, in everything even when people don't necessarily profess faith in Jesus Christ um, because they're searching to fill as, as uh, Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in God, and uh, I think people are constantly trying to fill the, the God-shaped hole, as, as uh, Pascal said as well. And so we're going to do uh, something over the next four weeks, uh, looking at, at some movies. Um, last year we did this. Uh, that Last year we looked at only the movies of Tom Hanks, and we're not going to be so specific this year. Um, but... As we do that, we'll kind of pull out some lessons and see what we might learn along the way as well. And hopefully we'll do it again looking through a more God-centered worldview and say, hey, how, how would God see this? And so today uh, we're kicking off that series at the movies as we look at the movie Inside Out. Oscar Wilde once wrote, I don't want to be at the mercy of my emotions. I want to use them, to enjoy them, and to dominate them. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, he wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And just like the kids were telling us before about some of the emotions that they've had, all of us have emotions. All of us experience emotions in life. There's no denying it, but what do we do with them? What do we do with uh, how we feel? Um, do we keep them secret and safe and say, I'm not going to let anybody uh, hear that? Do we hide them away? Emotions, especially those that show our vulnerability, um, aren't signs of weakness, though some of us may have been trained up to think that. 
We may have been trained or we may have heard the voices from culture and other places that say, oh, you know what, you can't show this emotion or this emotion um, because if you do that, then that will be a sign of weakness. But I don't think that that's really the case. I don't think God tells us that we need to hide our emotions away, but we also need to understand, as Jeremiah said, that our heart's deceitful, that, that our emotions, if we give them too much play, um, they could overtake us uh, if we're not aware of them and understanding of them. Pastor and author Peter Scazzaro wrote, I so wanted to present a polished image as a good Christian that I cut myself off from what was going on within myself. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you've been in that place before where, where you were, felt like, if I show anybody what's going on inside, uh, it's just not going to be a good thing. I've got to hide this and, and make sure. Uh, we, may, we may have to squash down our emotions or pretend that they're not there. Um, but is that really helpful? Back in 2015, Disney's Pixar put out the film Inside Out. And it gave us an entertaining perspective of emotion. And that's what we're looking at today. On the IMDb website, the Inside Out synopsis says this, After young Riley's uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness, conflict on how to best navigate a new city, house, and school. And as we follow Riley in this challenging moment in her life through this film, uh, I think we can gain perspective of emotions. I think it's an entertaining way to to look at what kind of emotions we experience and say, hey, what might we learn from what we see here? Riley experiences this barrage of emotions. Any of us who, who have had any significant transitions in life can probably relate. Some of us are going through that right now, right? With, with uh, kids or family, graduations coming up. There's these transitions in life uh, that we experience. And for Riley, she was experiencing all these emotions that she had experienced joy back home, and then she comes to this new place and she feels sad. And in this clip that we're about to watch, Joy, who's kind of the ringleader, the the outspoken ringleader of all the emotions, she realizes that everything that sadness, another one of the emotions, touches, it becomes sad. And so she decides that she's going to find a special place for sadness. So let's watch this clip. daydreams. I ordered extra in case things get slow in class. Might come in handy if this new school is full of boring, useless classes, which it probably will be. Oh, sadness. I have a super important job just for you. Really? Mm-hmm. Follow me. What are you doing? And there. Perfect. This is the circle of sadness. Your job is to make sure that all the sadness stays inside of it. So, you want me to just stand here? Hey, it's not my place to tell you how to do your job. Just make sure that all the sadness stays in the circle. See? You're a pro at this. Isn't this fun? No. Atta girl. All right, everyone, fresh start. We are going to have a good day, which will turn into a good week, which will turn into a good year, which turns into a good life. So, the big day, new school, new friends, huh? I know. I'm kind of nervous, but I'm mostly excited. How do I look? to walk with you? Mom and dad, with us in public? No, thank you. Yeah, I'm on it. Nope, I'm fine. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Have a 
good day at school, monkey. <laughs> Have a great day, sweetheart. Are you sure we want to do this? In we go! Okay, going in! Yes! how joy tries to control the situation. I mean, I know none of us are like that. We're not control freaks. You like to keep sadness. We draw a big circle and we say, okay, all the sadness needs to stay in there. What other kinds of emotions are we told? Hey, you can't show these, so make sure you put a little box or a circle and keep everything there. But I don't think that's the right way to do things. Some of us may have been taught that that's the way to do things, but again, I don't think that's what we see. David, who was the shepherd boy turned king, wrote a lot of psalms in the Bible, within the wisdom literature of the Bible. And within that, David expressed a lot of his deep, deep emotions. In, in Psalm 6, verses 6 and 7, David wrote this, I am worn out from my groaning all night long. I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. You think about King David, the mighty warrior, uh, expressing these kinds of things. And in some cultures, maybe even in our own, this, the idea of, of saying that I, I'm basically crying all night long so that my, my pillow is drenched with tears at the end of the night, that wouldn't be acceptable uh, for, for anyone, let alone for a king, to say that. And yet David knew that, that part of expressing his vulnerability, part of expressing those emotions was important for him to really understand, uh, to be in touch with who he was and how God had made him. And not to squash all those things or draw a circle and say, okay, all that sadness is going to stay right there, but to say, hey, I need to be honest about this. It, it could be easy for us to see certain emotions that are acceptable, certain ones that we like, and other ones that we don't like. Again, those of us who, who like to have control, we might not like some of those emotions that creep up when we start feeling sad or, or angry or otherwise. Peter Scazzaro, he also wrote back, you think about the quote that we had earlier about how he liked to stuff things down, but he said this, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It's not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. You know, emotional health, it involves us being real and honest about what's going on inside of us, not hiding things or, or drawing a circle and, and keeping them sequestered there, but really being honest about what's happening and not letting them carry us away, but at the same time admitting that, hey, this is what's going on. And for me to really be emotionally healthy and move towards spiritual maturity, I've got to be honest about those things. 
as we come to grips with this idea of emotional health and spiritual maturity, we're gonna, God's going to reveal things to us about that we need to maybe get rid of and say, hey, you know what? I need to put this behind me. I need to say, hey, this isn't anymore. Not the same as saying, hey, sequester stuff and put it there, but, but there are some things that in order for us to be healthy and holy or spiritually uh, mature, uh, we need to put them behind. And they encounter a situation like that in the movie in the next clip that we're going to watch. Come on, Joy, one more time. I got a feeling about this one. Take her to the moon for me, okay? Over the course of the film, Riley, uh, joy and sadness, they find themselves separated from the control room of, of Riley's brain. And they're finding a way back to, to get there again. And along the way, they encounter Bing Bong, Riley's imaginary friend. And Bing Bong and Joy eventually find themselves in this big pit, which is basically the forgotten memories. And they know that they need to escape in order for Riley to really be able to experience joy, they have to escape. And so uh, Bing Bong and Joy get on this wagon, this magic wagon that Bing Bong had had. And Bing Bong realizes that in order for Joy to get back, in order for her to move on, he's got to basically sacrifice himself. He needs to say, hey, you know what? You can make it, but it's too heavy for the two of us. And so he kind of tricks her into getting up there. I think we've probably all experienced this time in our lives where we realized we needed to give something up. We needed to say, hey, you know what? There, there was a season for me to have this, but, but now I've got to move on. And for, for Riley, it was that it was Bing Bong, that her imaginary friend that she had to say goodbye to. You know, I wonder what it is for us. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 13.11, he wrote this. He said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And I wonder what it is if we're really seeking to be emotionally healthy, if we're seeking to be spiritually mature, what is it that we need to give up? What are the things that God's saying, hey, this might stand in the way of really achieving that? of achieving emotional health, of achieving spiritual maturity. 
There are transitions in life. There are goodbyes that we have to face. But what if they're all part of God's perfect plan? What if part of God growing us healthier and holier is that those transitions, those goodbyes help us? And we eventually actually see that towards the end of the film. That even Joy, the controlling one who's, who's making sure that she's putting sadness in her place, when, when she finds out what happens when sadness moves outside of that little circle, and she realizes that maybe there, there may actually be a purpose uh, for sadness after all. And so uh, let's watch this last clip. It's a little bit longer than the first two's. Minnesota too. I miss the woods and we took hikes. And the backyard where you used to play. Spring Lake where you learned to skate. Come here.
you see what happens here, both a change in Joy, but also a change in Riley. That Joy realizes that, hey, there's actually a point in sadness here. And Riley does something courageous. She realizes that, or at least she thinks, that her parents have these expectations that that she needs to kind of keep it together, that she needs to make sure that um, she shows up with, with happiness and joy for them. But the moment that, that she lets down her guard and says, hey, it's okay, what, what, what happens? Her, her parents do the same thing. And her parents actually show that as well. I've, I've shared before Andy Crouch's definition of vulnerability, which I appreciate. He says, vulnerability is exposing ourselves to meaningful risk. And Riley experiences that here. When she lets down her guard, when she really shows her emotions, uh, we see that, that it gives her parents permission to do the same thing. And I think we find that within community. That there are times that it's tough to be the first one to say, hey, let me let you know what's really going on inside me. And we step out there with risk, with vulnerability, and we show others. And the moment that we do, all of a sudden people realize that, hey, maybe it's not as scary as I thought. And we can move towards health and holiness together in that when we let God reveal that to us and we're not not afraid to reveal that to other people as well. When we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, God might just use that to be the thing that gives someone else permission to be honest, to be vulnerable about what's going inside them. And I, I really truly believe that God can use that level of honesty to bring healing, maturity, and growth to all of us. And so what do we do with all these things? You know, have... Have you tried before to keep certain emotions in check? Have you drawn little circles within yourself to say, hey, I'm going to keep all those bad emotions there and I'm not going to let anybody else see them. I'm not going to risk that vulnerability. Maybe it was because of upbringing. Maybe it was because of a bad experience that you had. Regardless of, of the why, like it's okay. It's okay to, to acknowledge them. But what do you think God wants you to do with those emotions? Do you think He wants you to be honest like David was and say, hey, let me reveal these. And then ask. The, the thing about the Psalms as you read through them is that no matter where David started, he always ended up with his face towards God's, God again. And I think that's the posture that we need to take. Are there things that you need to leave behind in order to experience maturity and growth, health and holiness, and what are they? You know, maybe we need to spend some time this week, you know, in our time with God this week, just asking ourselves those questions. Hey, God, are you calling me to give something up? Is there something that's standing in the way between me and healthiness and, and holiness? And what is it? And can you give me the strength to, to get rid of that and walk away from that? And then finally, who, who is it that needs to see your true emotions in a healthy way? So they know it's okay to be vulnerable. You know, I, I have memories. In fact, I've even blogged about the, the time that, that I saw my dad cry for the first time and how, what a meaningful moment it was for me because I'd always seen him as this huge, you know, character and personality, and I didn't know that those emotions existed within him. But once he revealed some of those things to me, I, I understood that it was okay 
for me to have those emotions. It was okay for me to have those experiences, um, and I didn't have to hide them anymore. Let me pray for us. God, you've created us to be emotional creatures. And some of us have had different experiences with those emotions. Some of us are okay revealing them. Others of us want to just hide them away. But Father, I I pray that that you would teach us what it means to to be healthy and to be holy with our emotions. And uh, that you call us, yes, to be vulnerable to put ourselves at risk sometimes, to never be carried away by our emotions, to be honest about them, maybe to put certain things behind us. And so, Father, this journey, we can't get there on our own. And so we need Your strength. We need Your power. We need Your grace in the midst of it. And so, Father, would You give us those things in this journey of understanding how to be emotionally healthy, to be spiritually mature, and to be more like you every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do you do with your emotions? Are they controlling you? Are you stuffing them down? How can you live with them in such a way that you experience emotional health and spiritual maturity? God can use them and your healthy understanding of them to be helpful for others. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, give us a review, and share with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. See you next time.